Well, as we march ever closer to spring in this month of February, it's the Speaking For Him podcast. I'm Adam McNutt alongside the host of the program, Mr. Andrew Gamison. Hello, Adam. It's great to be with you. And I believe the first time we ever profiled a Master Arts production, it was in February, and we wanted to give you a way to shake off the winter blahs. Well, here we are again with yet another profile of a Master Arts production, this one being Cotton Patch Gospel. And we're going to get to an interview um, that I just, uh, just before coming into the studio, recorded with the director of the play, Joe Ellen Ming. It was a very fun conversation. Excited to share it with you and with Adam. Um, But before we do that, why don't you give us our quote of the day? If a man tried to take his time on earth and prove before he died what one man's life could be worth, well, I would wonder what would happen to this world. That's Harry Chapin from Cotton Patch Gospel. Okay, Harry Chapin, I believe, is um, primarily the author of the music of Cotton Patch Gospel. And so I just thought I would pull that quote for our quote of the day. And, uh, yeah. I uh, do think it's it's interesting to think about um, the uh, the the worth of one man and the worth of one man's life, and definitely there is no life worth more than that of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And Cotton Patch Gospel is kind of a contemporary, semi-contemporary um, retelling of the stories in Matthew and John the Gospels. Um, and so, and I know that's a little bit controversial for some people, uh, but we do address that in the interview. But I think you're going to find this interview enjoyable, and I hope that after listening to it, you will get your tickets and come see the show. And I'll be back with final thoughts after we play this interview. Enjoy. Well, today I have the great privilege of doing another interview um, that I... Uh, will profile a show that is coming to my favorite place, my home away from home, Master Arts Theater. Um, And today we're featuring Cotton Patch Gospel. And so it is my privilege to welcome um, by phone uh, the director of Cotton Patch Gospel, uh, Joe Ellen Ming. So welcome to the show, Joe Ellen. Thank you, Andrew. It's good to be here. All right, well... My phone. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, technology is wonderful, and so I'm, I'm grateful for this opportunity. All right, well, um, just uh, to start things off, um, I, I have heard it mentioned to me by Rick Sersha, who is doing the music for this show, a good friend, and by a few others, that you have done this show before. Um, how many times have you directed it? This will be the third time I've directed the show. All right, and what brings you back to it every time? Well, first of all, I love the gospel. (laughs) Um, I love the gospel message. I also love um, different versions of the gospel and using humor and other uh, things like that to sort of give it a new twist and present it in a new and fresh way. I'm also a huge fan of Harry Chapin, who wrote the music and lyrics for 
this show. So it combines a lot of things I love. Of course, I love theater as well. So it's just all, all the things that I, I dearly love, all sort of wrapped up in one package. So it's just a delightful show, and, and um, I've seen it equally as many times as I've directed it. And it can be done in so many different ways. There's not, like, one way. Like, if you see something like Cats, and it's always going to be the same. Um, Cotton Patch is really done differently by every ensemble that performs it. And I've, I've definitely heard that from others, too, that that you can definitely tell if you go to watch a Cotton Patch gospel production um, done by people who aren't believers versus people that are believers and believe in its message. Um, so before we dig into the heart of this interview about this particular production, um, uh, could you maybe speak for a moment to the issue that people might not be as comfortable with contemporary or semi-contemporary renderings of Bible stories and particularly a story of Jesus himself, what would you say to someone who isn't quite sure um, whether this is worth seeing? Yes, I, I totally understand You know what you're saying, Andrew, and I understand the concerns. I do feel that Jesus himself spoke in parables and would use the contemporary language of the time and also scenarios that could happen during the time, just like, for example, the story of the Good Samaritan. You know, he, he hit people right between the eyes, right where they were at. And so when Clarence Jordan wrote Cotton Patch Gospel, it was um, written as if it took place in the South, and um, it's, it uh, pushes the boundaries a little bit, you know, of, of some things like, for example, Jesus is born um, not in, you know, a manger, um, and so, but I, I want people to keep an open mind because, like I said, Jesus himself used the contemporary language of his time to tell stories and make a point. And that's what Clarence Jordan was doing in rewriting some of these stories to make it very, very um, appropriate for the people who were living in Georgia at the time and to challenge their way of thinking. And although it was written in the late 60s, early 70s, that sort of um, time frame, what was going on in the United States, there was a period of unrest. Um, and so we can look at it with a historical perspective as well, just like we look at the gospel with a historical perspective. So I would just ask people to come with an open mind um, and, you know, just consider those things. Well, and I, I think it's interesting, too, because... Um, we're doing Cotton Patch Gospel as a theater in a season where we just came. We just did Joyful Noise um, in September, which was a semi-contemporary retelling of the story of Ruth. Um, but I think um, the main concerns I've heard about it is because it's depicting Jesus himself. I think it was Phil Vischer, the creator of VeggieTales, said that he would create any number of Bible stories or recreate any number of Bible stories, but he hesitated to depict Jesus as a vegetable. And so I think that's, <laughs> I think that's kind of a, the similar check that some people that I've talked to have regarding this story. But I am looking forward to seeing it depicted at Master Arts. Um, I'm, I'm used to them having quality productions and have been involved in several myself. So I know what goes on there, and I wholeheartedly endorse Master Arts as a theater. So bringing it back to this production, 
Could you tell me um, some of the hi- what, what some of the highlights have been of working on it so far? Sure. Um, I do want to just address the whole idea of portraying Jesus. I think that's a very difficult thing to do. I think anyone in any any setting, regardless of, of what the script is, I think that is a hard role to play, obviously. But I think that um, when when you do that in this type of show, you are showing the humanity of Christ. And so, you know, Jesus was human but also divine at the same time. And obviously we can't get the divinity part down, but I think it's important to see how very human he was and how he entered a human world and even how difficult that must have been for him. So, um, you know, I do. I, I, I totally agree with what you're saying. It's a struggle, and, and, it's, and you're treading on, um, you know, thin ice there. But I do think in this particular piece, it, it does depict the humanity of Christ. Um, but anyway, some highlights from this show. Um, what I love about this show is we have a lot of different ages represented. We have teenagers. We have kids. And, you know, some of us adults, I won't say old folks, but <laughs> some of us uh, more mature adults. And um, and so I love that ensemble nature of all those different ages, and um, I think that makes kind of for an interesting blend. Um, I This is similar to God still in that people play different parts. So the person who plays Mary, the mother of Jesus, um, also plays one of the demons that tempted Christ. And so she's obviously not Mary at that time. But I love that whole ensemble feel where people just, okay, you're going to play this and you're going to play that, and it's more like a group of people who are trying to tell a story and they're all playing different parts all at different times throughout the story. So I think that's kind of a cool thing as opposed to, okay, I'm one role in the show and that's it, you know. Um, I think another um, highlight would be just the heart and soul that people have. I feel that there's a real joy in this cast in performing and it's kind of infectious and you can tell that again they're they're believers and so they mean what they're doing and it does it does come through um there's one one number in particular again i've directed this three times now and it's always different of course each time but um mary and joseph sing a song called still my boy and it's when um you know, it, it's time to give Jesus up, you know. And, you know, you just think of what a struggle that must have been for both of them. Even though Joseph wasn't his biological father, he still raised that child. And it just shows the, the struggle that, you know, they go through. And I think it's a very poignant moment. Um, and I also feel that our Jesus, being a teenager, um, lends a real air of innocence to the piece, and I think people will really appreciate his portrayal of Jesus. Um, yeah, I, I think it's it's just a, a wonderful cast, and they all do a great job in the, the various pieces that they they have to play, and I, I think people will um, will enjoy watching their their heart and soul just coming out to tell just an, a, a wonderful story, just a wonderful story of redemption. Um, Andrew, you know, the gospel is also tells about hypocrisy. It talks about hatred, you know, and those things are, are in your face in this piece. I mean, you'll, you will see wickedness and evil um, in this piece. Um, there's a particular song where Herod's men are singing after the children are killed and the women are singing a lullaby. Total juxtaposition of good and evil. Um, 
you know, and I think that's true to the story. There's some really sad, awful things that happened. And um, so I think that's a highlight of this piece, that it, it does show that. All right. Um, is there any other, are there any other cast members you'd like to highlight other than your Jesus actor that you mentioned, who I will say at this time is um, a good friend of mine as well, John Wilson, and he is kind of in a sweet spot at Master Arts where he can portray any number of roles for any number of age ranges at this point in his life, and he's a fine actor. So if you haven't seen him perform, you're in for a treat when you see um, this show. But are there any other actors that you'd like to highlight? Oh, absolutely. Um, our, our Matthew, and he'd be embarrassed if I highlight, I know he's going to be embarrassed because Tim Van Bruggen is you know, the executive director of Master Arts, but... Tim is just has had so many years, of, you know, of experience of acting, and that's something else I just love about this show. We've got brand new actors. We've got some people. This is their first show, and then we've got the veterans like Tim, um, and he just does a very fine job as Matthew because Matthew narrates it. It is based on the Gospel of Matthew and John, uh, and so it's nice because you have an experienced actor who's kind of weaving the story together. Uh, he does play himself throughout the entire thing. That is that is the one actor that doesn't switch and play lots of different roles. Mm-hmm. And um, so I think that holds it together. Uh, Tim is kind of the glue, um, being Matthew. And um, and then we have a lot of, I call them our villains. We have um, our uh, Judas and our Caiaphas and our Pilate. So I call those guys our villains. And they all, all also play other villains, and they just do a great job. And then we have um, a couple of young guys. Um, actually, John, the, the person playing Jesus, John's brother Sam, mm-hmm. and then also um, Adam, who plays Rock, plays Simon Peter. Um, young guys, and they lead out on a lot of songs, and they just do a fantastic job. We have a fine group of women. It's pretty hard to be a female in this show because it's the roles are so small. And we have four women that just do a stellar job, and um, I, I absolutely adore just the, what they bring to the piece, and I, I think people will appreciate that as well. Well, you know, I've always heard there are no small roles, only small actors, and sometimes That's right. sometimes those quote-unquote small roles can still be integral to the show. And speaking of um, Tim Van Bruggen, when they did Joyful Noise, he was trying really hard to find somebody to play the Boaz character, and he couldn't find somebody, so he did it. And when I went and saw the show, I was like, I'm glad he had to do it, because I couldn't imagine anybody else in the role. So yes, he is modest, and yes, he will not probably appreciate to a certain extent that we're breaking on him, but he also is worth seeing. Um, so I'm looking forward to Absolutely. the show. So, yep. Oh, one other, I did mention Mary and Joseph. Can I mention them by name? Yeah. Todd Clemens. Okay. Todd Clemens, who's done some things at Master Arts, and Todd and I go way back to community theater days. I've worked with Todd a couple different times. Todd is such an energetic actor. Um, he does play Joseph, the father of Jesus, and I think he just really brings a good spirit to that, is not being a biological father, but just understanding he still has a role to play in Jesus' life. And then Jesus' mother is Brenda Vander Ark, who is also a Master Arts um, veteran. Um, and then our John the Baptist is Peter, and I can never say Peter's last name correctly. I think it's Hushel. And he just 
just brings this wonderful craziness and energy and, you know, um, Holy Spirit spitfire kind of stuff to the role of John the Baptist. And that's, that's a, a fun scene to watch as well. So, um, as you can tell, folks, there's going to be a lot of talent on the stage, and I don't know about you, but I love musicals because, uh, you know, I, from the time I was a little tyke, I love to sing, and I, and I love shows, so it's a good combination to put it into a musical. Um, sometimes my family doesn't like the fact that one of my life mottos is, life is a musical, because I will burst into singing at the drop of a hat, but... That's neither here nor there. Let's get into some of the facts related to the show specifically. Um, when, uh -huh. What is the run of the show? The show opens on February 16th, and it runs through March 11th. And so it's the typical Master Arts um, Thursday, Friday, Saturday evenings at 7.30. And then their matinees are on Saturdays at 2 p.m. So you have four weekends um, to see the show. And... Um, I, I have a feeling that you probably shouldn't wait. You should probably get your tickets because uh, I would, would hate for people to miss out because um, I do know that Master Arts does sell out their shows. Yes, because as we've discussed before on this podcast, uh, Master Arts is an intimate venue where a sellout is about 100 uh, tickets. So you want to make sure to get your tickets to this podcast. Um, as you're listening to it, it's about a week out from the show. So several tickets, I'm sure, have already been sold. So you want to get the the remaining tickets um, that may be available. Um, and finally, before I let you go, um, and I'll just mention, too, you can call the box office at 616-455-1001, or you can go to masterarts.org, and now I believe they have the capability of actually purchasing the tickets online, which is great. Uh, well, I want to thank you for your time, Joellen. I just have one final question. Uh, if you were going to sum up in about 90 seconds why we should come and watch Cotton Patch Gospel, what would you say? Oh, that's a really good question. Okay. Um, I think that you should come and see Cotton Patch Gospel because I think you will see the story of what Jesus came to do told in a new light. It will challenge you. You will hear some beautiful ballads that will touch your soul. You will hear music that might anger you a little bit, but that's okay because it's, it's going to push you and make you think about the story. And I think, but most of all, I think you're going to see a group of believers who truly believe in the story that they're telling. And I think they, that you will just be captivated by what they're able to create out of the energy and the intense belief and incredible faith that they have to tell you about Jesus in a new and challenging way. All right. Well, it sounds like it's going to be a fabulous show. I would encourage you to get your uh, tickets right away. I will be at the um, February 25th performance, I believe, the matinee. And so I hope that if anybody's listening who comes to that performance, that you'll say hey and uh, if you haven't, if you've been listening to my podcast, but you haven't met me in person, that you would take the opportunity to say hi. But um, I will just encourage you to get your tickets. And once again, thank you um, for being with us today, Joellen. Really appreciate it. Great, thank you, Andrew. And I look forward to meeting you on the twenty fifth. I am definitely looking forward to it. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Bye bye. 
All right, and there you have it. Um, that is my interview with Joe Ellen Ming of Cotton Patch Gospel, the director of the show. As I said, Rick Sersha will be uh, doing the music for the show. Adam, did you have any thoughts on that interview? Uh, a, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, that's a new member of uh, Master Arts that I haven't uh, had a chance to talk to, so getting to know her a little bit was fun. And this show sounds really interesting. I've never heard of this play before. So to hear the gospel played out in a musical and to see it come to life, especially when she mentioned what Jesus came to do, and it's going to get you thinking, right, go see the show. I'm even like looking at my own calendar now, like, hey, i got to make it out to one of these because it sounds really, really good. It does. And and the one thing I didn't ask her about was what it was like to work this show in that venue. But, I, but I've said before that Master Arts is into, um, is deceiving in the sense that it's this small venue. I still remember the first show I rolled into the theater for, and I'm like, they're going to do that show here? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure for people that aren't as familiar with Master Arts as we are, they might be saying the same thing if they know about the intimate venue. But I can tell you, we figure out ways to do show after show, and it's just so exciting. And another thing I can mention, too, and another reason to be at the show is that in the program of Cotton Patch Gospel, the playbill that you'll get at the door will be the 2017-2018 season. They are going to be announcing that Ooh. when Cotton Patch Gospel opens. Um, they've done some teasers online, but uh, very excited to hear about what the new season will be. Uh, because I always love to go to their shows. Um, I'm hoping that they, um, if not this year, that they do Annie soon, because I still have my eye on the role of FDR. Um, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> I just want to encourage you to get your tickets. As I said, you can call 616-455-1001 between the hours of 9 a.m. and 5 p.m. Monday through Friday, or you can simply go to masterarts.org and get your tickets. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. Um, if you want to encourage someone um, to go see the show or maybe just to hear a little bit more about the ins and outs of theater, I would encourage you to share this podcast episode along with any of our other episodes that have been archived uh, when you go to speakingforhim.com. You can contact us with the contact information that's about to roll. But I think that's all I have for you this week. Until next time, have a great weekend and keep serving the best of masters. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Your host has been Andrew Gomison, founder of Speaking for Him, alongside his co-host and executive producer, Adam McNutt. For more information on today's show and to leave us comments and voicemails, visit speakingforhim.blogspot.com. You can find Andrew's ministry at speakingforhim.com. That's speaking, the number four, H-I-M. You can also interact with us at facebook.com slash speakingforhim and on Twitter at speakingforhim. And when you look for us on iTunes and Stitcher, let us know what you think of the podcast by leaving a rating and review. 